Hello, friends. Welcome to our podcast, It's Simple, Really. This week, Vadim and I are exploring the topic of incentives. You know, the carrots the companies use to motivate and inspire their teams. So, Vadim, do these incentives actually work? Are they effective? Oh, that is a very simple question to answer, Greg. But thank you for asking and thank you for providing the jump off point. So you recall uh, yet last time you presented the concept of great goals in place of smart goals. And any goals, any metrics to achieve something usually lead to this wonderful place of, well, why are we doing this? And most of the times it's because of some incentive, something that's going to drive us forward. And um, you asked the question, do they work? Well, let's, let's first talk about who is this they? Um, when, um, when I worked with many companies, usually you would have a couple of camps of what people believe is driving their motivation. One is money. Although surprisingly, a lot of people will never name this as number one. It's always like, oh, I want to do this and I want to be paid. But when you talk to people off screen or off camera, and I'll use that analogy, money is a huge motivator. Two, title. The uh, title aspect is also very powerful at driving people's desire to achieve something else. Three is experience slash learning. Well, that's bettering yourself. Those are the those seem to be the top three. And please feel free to disagree. I'd love to hear if you're thinking differently in the comments. And Greg can provide an opinion. But I'll tell you a little story before we dive into the discussion whether the, any of these three actually work or um, are useful. Uh, so Greg and I were working for a company, and uh, which shall remain nameless. But it was a great organization, in my opinion. It had many of the things that people seek. It had a great culture. It had a great uh, work-life balance. It awesome people. Like surprisingly, how many good people found themselves in the company at the same time. It was uh, an exciting product and um, very open uh, management. And after a while, after working there. You would, you would be led to believe that why would you ever leave such a wonderful place? And yet, a bunch of friends of mine who I consider to be friends and colleagues began leaving and seeking employment elsewhere. And uh, one person in particular, he and I had a lot of conversations about incentives. And what is it actually that's making us stick? And uh, in his case, and I'm using that without his permission, telling the story without his permission, so sorry. Um, but in his case, he wanted to advance up the career ladder. He wanted to get that next title. He wanted to get a broader perspective on what the company does and be more involved in making decisions about the next steps. And it came to the point where he was quite honest with all of his managers and managers of his managers saying, look, tell me what I need to do, guide me, help me along that next step, because frankly, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to achieve. So he was a very driven and passionate individual. So he had a very clear incentive of what 
is going to drive his behavior of how the company could get the most out of this employee. A little did he know that um, that passion and zeal for advancement was not shared at uh, the more senior levels of the company. And uh, for various reasons, and um, I would say even sometimes excuses, it was just not the right time or just didn't have enough experience in this area or didn't have as much technical skill in this area. So those were all the reasons given and he left. He left only to become a very, very successful professional in the field of uh, first uh, analytical consulting and then general management consulting without a shadow of a doubt. Very, very, very successful. So the question is, was the lack, like in my head, the question always is and still is lingers is, was the lack of ability of a company to provide an incentive created a reason for a very driven and a very smart individual to leave? And then the answer seems to be yes. And this is not a lone case. In fact, I found myself leaving some companies because I couldn't find the next step forward. And this is and this brings us back to the three, sorry, the three things that I just mentioned. Because one, when we talk about money, I'm sure a lot of you have experienced that this incentive is very flaky. You usually get a bigger bump in salary by changing companies than by staying with the with the same one. Two, if we talk about title, sometimes because we all work work in pyramid structures, that's just doesn't transpire on your schedule. And some people say, well, you need to wait. And you do need to wait, maybe. But um, I know another colleague who I believe was promoted way too fast, but nevertheless, he switched a couple of companies and was able to climb that ladder of titles very quickly. That was an incentive that, that was driving him. And three is the opportunity to explore something else. It's, that one is the most dramatic because it speaks the most to me because that's what always was driving me. The more you do something in a business, the more incentive there is for the business to keep you doing what you do because you do it so well. But a person like myself, one of the incentives that always kind of made me achieve more and made me get up in the morning and made me happy was trying different things. But imagine talking to your boss and saying, you know what, today I'm doing X and tomorrow I want to do Y. The question is, well, hold on a second. You're so amazing and doing X. Why would you ever consider doing Y? And then an employee begins to feel guilty. Of course, how would you, why would you, why would you do that? Why would you betray the trust? So I'm going to stop with the rant. So do they work? I'm sure they can't work. I'm sure they do. But uh, there's such a huge matrix of layers within the company, interests within the companies, and potential within companies that, most of the time, um, we as managers, or as we, Greg, you and I, we've been past managers. We either don't take enough time or we don't have enough latitude to actually cater to people's uh, desires and provide them with the right incentives. Sometimes we outright just don't have the ability to provide the right incentive. So can they work? Definitely. Do they work? 
I'm a bit iffy on that. So I don't want to say they don't because that would be too absolute. But my past experience tells me that they're not effective. Yeah. Well, a lot of the stories you just told, it seems to me that they work to a point. And then when the person outgrows the capacity or the capability of the organization to, to provide that next level of incentive. Yes. Then it's, that's usually when, when it's time for people to go, like the story you, you just told about that old colleague of yours, like by all measures that the person's probably an amazing employee and an amazing contributor to the business yet their inability to give him what he needed for his own career progression made him leave and they lost the benefit of whatever that person could have accomplished for the business. Well, and then that's actually, that's an accurate summary, Greg, and thank you for that. But there's an interesting underside to this intensive story. So one would say, yeah, let's, let's improve. Let's change all of that because we can, uh, we can be smarter with people and we can go with more of a personality type incentive rather than a company holistic type incentive, which is painting everyone with the same brush. Um, but then anyone in a senior le- level management role will always say one thing. Sure, I get it. But did the company continue running its course after a person left? Yes, it did. Was the company able to achieve uh, the metrics of these smart goals that it set for itself in the next couple of years after a particular individual left? Yes, it did. So does it really matter? That is what actually concerns me more is that companies will survive. I mean, the train will move on. Good, bad, ugly, it doesn't really matter, but it'll continue progressing. Meanwhile, incentives and what drives good people to perform their best remains unchanged. So this dichotomy between a personal need and a business need always remains. And so this is what makes me kind of question when you ask, do incentives work? I don't really know. I don't know, I don't know if in the grand scheme of things, companies, and I don't mean specific people, I mean companies as entities. I don't know if companies really care because there's always going to be somebody knocking on the door with an application saying, I would like that job. It's interesting that you you say that because I had that exact same conversation with somebody on Friday on a coaching call. And it was the same thing is that, you know, you can think of the strongest performers you've ever worked with in a company. Yep whether it was like people you worked with or the president of the company or the CEO of the company that was like a, a superstar or whatever. And invariably everyone leaves at some point and the company keeps going on. So there's like, on the one hand you think like, okay, so it can be quite depressing when you think about like, does it really, am I really making a difference? Do I really matter? Um, and on the other side, it's like, well, just because the train keeps moving, I don't think, you should discount, at least from a personal perspective, the yeah. contributions you make or the successes you have while you're there. Like they mattered. 
because there, there's this notion that, well, if I can just leave and the company can just go on and continue to be as successful as when I was there, then what did, did I really matter? Do I matter? Um, so in my view, the answer is yes, you absolutely, you matter. Um, and it's interesting because it, it, it's the, to me, the jury's out a little bit. Like if, if you think about, I mean, the specific example of the company we worked for and the parent company and the parent company of that company, they've gone through some trials and tribulations as people have left and whether you can connect those dots back to certain things or not, you know, it's hard to say, but uh, I don't know. I, I, it's a, it's a, it's a tough one for sure. Well, you know what? I think this, this also, let's talk about incentives from a different perspective. So we've been talking about an incentive as something that the company offers an employee. But there's also something to be said about the fact that, um, I mean, look, I have been dismissed from a company and you have been uh, downsized from a company. At that point in time, the company didn't say, oh my God, we're putting you uh, out in the street, essentially removing your ability to earn money and we feel so sorry for it and we're gonna do our best to help you. uh, Well, we're just not gonna do that because it's gonna hurt you personally. No one says that. There's a financial objective and a financial need that the company is facing that, or a political need or a political objective that the company is facing that requires a certain number of people, a certain specific person to be put out of the job. Mm-hmm. And at that point in time, the executives are not necessarily, they're not acting as friends, colleagues, mentors, or whatever. They're ask, acting as instruments of the company and managers have to do that. It's just, it's because it's a machine, because every, every cog has a function. This is a specific function that the machine executes. And it's not personal. It really is not personal, even if sometimes it feels it is. But then if you think about incentives from something that comes from the inside of a person or something that drives a person to do something, then uh, to, to the point that you said, did it actually matter? Yeah, of course it matters. It matters because you were doing it. Because you are the one learning things and you are the ones working on amazing projects and you are the one who is, I know in your case, you crafted an amazing access table that made multi-million monster work better. Did anyone pat you on the back when you were leaving? Did anyone cry over the fact that some of those achievements will never be repeated because Greg has left? No. But does it diminish the fact that you can do it? Definitely not. And that's, and that's the thing. So corporate incentives, I don't buy into. And there's, an, there's another good reason not to buy into them. But personal incentives, I do believe that you need to be very, very open with yourself and have that internal dialogue and see if you are achieving your own personal incentives. If you are setting those selves up for you, if, if you are proud, and I, I use this example a lot with, uh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm going off on a bit of a rant, but I, I do have to tell this story is everyone who always reported into me or every time I interview, I say this one line and I really mean it. Every year I evaluate by the fact this, can I add something that I'm very proud of to my LinkedIn profile? And yeah, it sounds cheesy. And yeah, it sounds like, ooh, that's shallow. <laughs> But it really is not. The thing is, if I can, if I am proud of something, that means that I've achieved something personally. Yeah. It doesn't matter if, it, if somebody says, oh, you only, you only created one website. Yeah, 
but I didn't know how to create the website at the beginning of the year. Yeah. I know how to build a funnel right now. Yeah, maybe for an enterprise, it means nothing, but for personal development, it's, it's a lot. Anyhow, so uh, if, if I were to wrap this up, I do believe that you are right. One, it always matters, especially because if it matters for you, but there's also something to be said about loyalty to an organization, because there's a lot of times when you have to seem loyal, but, but let's not be fooled by the fact that no company is loyal to you. Mm-hmm. Not anymore, it's not. I mean, perhaps, maybe, even Japan is not a good example because they have the same kind of old school uh, work mentality where you spend most of your time with one company. But there is no loyalty of a company to an employee, not really. So you shouldn't be having the same feelings in reverse. And that's why internal incentives, I think, work better than external ones. Yeah. Well, I think, uh, I mean, that's what I, I tell people all the time is that exactly what you just described in terms of the one-way loyalty relationship generally. Like pe- people tend to feel more loyalty to their company than the company feels to them. It's true. Um, but when you realize that, like it, it's not to say that people shouldn't have some level of loyalty or make sacrifices or work hard and try to accomplish things. But at the end of the day, you know, just like the company looks out for the company. Yes. The individual should look out for the individual. So always look out for number one. And, and, and quite frankly, the, 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 whether it's the company itself or just the, uh, the economy itself has created the environment where that's, the case like there's the incentives we talk about ex- incentives like i remember one of my frustrations is like you're filling a position and uh, i was hiring people from outside the company so we don't know these people we don't know them from anybody like they're sure we get their resume and their references and stuff but you don't really know them and we're offering them like high salaries and we're offering them signing bonuses and whatnot then it, it got to the point where we were okay we're going to promote somebody internally yep and, uh, you know, so I, I put in a, a proposal to the to HR or whatever to say, okay, here's how much I want to offer them. They're, oh, that's too big of an increase. And I'm like, yeah, but it's in line with what we've been offering people off the street. Yeah, but this is an internal. And it's like, so you're willing to give money to somebody you don't know anything about, how they're going to work out, how long they're going to be here. And then you got this person over here who's been here for years and is we know exactly what we're getting we know they can do the job and now you're going to nickel and dime them. Yeah. Well, that's just the policy. I'm like, well, and then you wonder why, like why people leave and exactly the scenario you, you mentioned about getting the title or the next uh, bump in your salary, whatever you have to leave to go do that because you're the, the bureaucracy of organizations doesn't facilitate that kind of, Yep. move internally. And, that, and then the other thing internally that used to drive me crazy is like, okay, so you convince them to give them the money or at least enough that they want to change jobs. And then it's announced, but the old team doesn't want to let them go because now they're going to be short. So then you have to negotiate with the other team, like a, a longer than normal transition, time, transition right? stage. And then they can't, you're not setting them up for success. It's like, but if they quit and went to another company, you would get your two weeks notice or whatever. And, and they'd be gone. Be 
Yeah. Like, but we, but no, well, we can treat this person differently because they're internal. I don't know. Like all those double standards make my blood boil. It's funny how on the surface it seems um, self-evident, and yet we find examples of that. Yeah. Like, look, I mean, if we're anyone who's listening, and we've, we never had the episode where Greg or I introduced ourselves, but you can always look up our LinkedIn profiles. But I've worked in one, like, if when, when I kind of came to Canada, I worked in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine companies. And some, some stints were about two years, but there were two companies where I stayed almost five or in excess of five years for. So there, there, was, not, there was not a short. Uh, and these things that Greg and I are talking about today, they keep repeating themselves in all of those different companies. And Greg worked in other companies. Yeah. So it's... Um, I don't, uh, the, the message, the message I would have if, if we were uh, to kind of draw the line of this episode is you should come up with your own incentives for why you're doing those things and then be the best version of yourself. That would be my goal. Expecting something from a company or that the company will deliver is unreasonable, but you have to understand how the company, how the company's culture, how the company's uh, let's say incentive systems work because at one point in time, especially before you start, you have to ask your question, does this work for me? And you have to be honest with yourself. I mean, it's not easy to be honest with yourself when you're sitting out of a job and you're trying to uh, start earning money and then you take whatever comes your way. I mean, I understand. I totally understand. But that. I think takes away a bit of your right to complain down the road about something being off because you didn't evaluate your own values versus the values that the company is uh, portraying and asking its employees to live by. Anyway, so my thought on incentives, they're skewed and they're not well managed. There are certainly small things or uh, forgive the cliche, low hanging fruits that any company or any team could do one example is what you said about uh, pay uh, offering certain pay, especially for people you want to keep. But will this change? I do not, I'm not, I don't, I'm not very optimistic on the fact that tomorrow things will change. Let's just put it that way. No, I think the pendulum has to keep swinging a little further the other way before it comes back. Right. I think I think the interesting thing is going to be in the next year, from conversations I've had with people, the 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 return to in office work versus remote work, like that's going to become the next incentive. Like I, I've talked to a number of people who've they love working remotely, they love not like they the same people that used to love going to the office and love say the downtown vibe or whatever it is. Sure. Those same people now are like, you know what? I don't need that vibe five days a week. I could do with that vibe one day a week. <laughs> or, yeah, or two days or, a month. Or, yeah, or two days a month or, or whatever. And then, I, and, I could, and then the cost of living here is so much near the city, I could move further away and have a nicer place. And once a month or whatever it is, come in. Um, so there's, I think there's a, a big reset coming across organizations that, of what kind of workforce do they actually need? Where do they need to be located? 
Um, and you're going to have, a, you're going to have a, a whole variety of people in your workforce. Like it's, I don't think it's going to be cohesive in that. Okay. Everyone wants this. Everyone's going to want mm-hmm. have one end. People want to go back five days a week. Other people want to go zero days a week and you're going to have everything in between. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting how that gets managed and what that, what the fallout is like people are going to, you know, be attracted to certain companies or organizations or yeah. industries that offer what it is that they want. Um, it's true. Well, so that's, that's our episode for today. Yeah. Did we unpack incentives? Well, tell us, tell us in the comments. If, uh, if you're listening to this and if you have an opinion, love to hear from you. And if you can add to the list of incentives beyond the three that I mentioned, go ahead. Right. Thanks, Greg. Thanks, Vadim. Yeah, we'll talk to you next week. Talk to you next week.